You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Welcome to the Womanpreneur Podcast. I'm Amanda McCune. This is Melissa Motes. Yes, I am. And we have a very special guest with us today. I am super excited to introduce Captain Sasha Larkin. And you are the captain of the Las Vegas Metro Police Department Northwest Division, Summerlin. You are like 99.7% perfect. What She's one wrong? of 27 captains. Yeah, well, it makes me sound super important if you <laughs> say you the captain. But you are. I'm just one of 27. But I am the captain of well, Northwest Area Command. You know what? To me, you're the captain. Uh, that's where I'm at. You know what? Just for today, I'll take it. All right. It's totally that's, all right. On the Womanpreneur podcast, you are <laughs> the, the captain. Yes. <laughs> right here. Also, because oh, I, I don't you. think you want to argue with her because, you know. I'm working on receiving, so I'm just going to yeah. receive. I love. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. We'll have to talk about that today, it too. It's it's hard to receive. It is hard. And ha- having a captain on our show today, I, I like to say that, captain. Like, yeah. it makes me feel better about our show. You guys are making me here. feel better and better about that word. It never really oh, occurred to me to be captain. that cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. It's cool. It's yeah. very cool, captain. Because at home, I'm just mom. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you're you're pretty. Sp- so I want to talk about this. So you you have twin girls, is I, that right? I do, and a son. Two sons. Two sons. One of which I birthed, and the other I got to help raise. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And uh, you are a, a yogi, a yogi extraordinaire. Oh, see, there's a word, uh, yogi. Yes, yogini, technically. Yes. Uh, and extraordinaire might be. One step above my credentials, but just receive it. I just okay. <laughs> this is me receiving. Thumbs wow. up. Melissa's not scared to put you in your place today. No, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, taking it. Right? I love Sasha. Nice. She is. You are a huge inspiration to me, and I want to say a little. The, the way that we met was through. Um, we attended a class together. The great. With the great, the great. that deserves and powerful. The, and that deserves a header, <laughs> right? So we studied together. Um, yes. We've learned from the Zen, the speaker, Zen speaker, the great, the wise, great. wonderful, Amy unrelenting Ayub. Amy. Should Ayub. we should we say it in stereo? Yeah, one, two, three. Amy Ayub. She's, I haven't taken this class, so I don't oh, feel like oh, I can join Oh, my in. goodness. You have to. You That's will. That's what I've heard. You have to. We're, we're going to get her here so yeah. I can see what it's the like fuss is all about. It's like a speaking class plus counseling. Yeah. Like, I think mm-hmm. I did better group therapy in that class. Serious. <laughs> than I did in all the years of actual counseling. <laughs> she is the best. She brings things out of you that you didn't even know were there. And... Um, just really helps with, you know, becoming a, a better speaker and gaining more confidence in that department. But that's how we met. Yes. And I remember the first time that I, you know, I met you and you were in class giving a, a speech. I think one of our little um, homework assignments was to come and prep like a five-minute speech. And I think it was something you whipped up on your way here in your head <laughs> in five minutes. And she just delivered this amazing story. And it had a lot to do with, um, I remember you talking about, you know, your strength and, you know, being a strong woman and, and your, in the way that you looked versus the way that you felt inside. I remember that being a part of what you talked about. And, um, do you remember that? Yes. Do you remember that speech? Yes. And I just remember, and I'll let you talk about that, but I remembered the way I felt receiving it and thinking you were such a strong, inspiring woman. And I was like, wow, 
I'm in awe of her and I want to get to know her better because I just want to know amazing people. And I, that's the way I felt when I, when I first met you. Thank you. So you're welcome. That's a super nice compliment. And, you know, it's funny because a group dynamic, you never know how it's going to be received. And especially once, sometimes I like to fly under the radar and not tell people what I do, mm -hmm. but I knew that that wasn't going to last very long in that course because all of the work that we do to keep our fronts up, right, our different masks, uh, Amy and that course in particular had a way of tearing them right down. And I was thinking about strength driving over here and, and what that word meant. And I was thinking that decades ago, I used to think that being strong meant I couldn't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I used to think that they were opposites. Yep. I think a lot of us have had that opinion. Right? Yeah. But I think that now over the last couple of decades, I think that these words are symbiotic. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes to be vulnerable, you have to be strong. Mm -hmm. But, it, but I, I just started to kind of comprehend that in the last year or so. Yeah, really. It's really digesting. And yes. It takes a lot of courage to open up and let people know what's going on inside. That's that's very scary for a lot of us. I it think. really is to yeah. really be seen. Mm -hmm. And and to put it all out there. And for us, this podcast alone, it's like, oh, now, now people are, are going to see us and they're going to hear us. And it's, it's, it's a little intimidating, it but is. that's what people you know, things have changed so much and people are now, that's what they look for. Even in, in business and in personal relationships, they want that authenticity to say who, like not what facade are you putting on, yeah. but who are you really? And like in your line of work, I, you know, our theme today is strength and that can mean so many different things. And I feel like you have to use, you know, just physical strength. You have to use mental strength, strength of character, judgment, like all of those things come into play and that, that, that's a lot. And then you add the, the yoga on top of that, which to me, you know, I don't know a lot of police people, police people. I don't know if I can call you that, totally. but <laughs> police perfect. people. It's perfect. <laughs> I told you I'm awkward. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I don't, I've, I don't know any other cops who do yoga. And so I'm, I'm already fascinated by your story without even knowing much about it. So, you know, I think, uh, two things to your point. The first is cops and yoga. It's interesting. Uh, on a physical level, you know, we wear this 20, 30 pound gun belt around our waist for 10, 12 hours a day, four days a week. And, you know, when I was riding patrol, sitting in a car with the apparatus on my lower back, leaned up against the car, you drive for 10 hours a day, right? And it just wreaks havoc on your posture, plus the, the bulletproof vest. It pulls on your shoulders and it's physically awkward mm -hmm. and, and uncomfortable. So I think that that yoga mat gave me a sense of relief mm. physically. Yeah. And then emotionally, I always used to joke that it was like my Prozac, right? Because I think the most important thing in, for us, and any first responder, even nurses in emergency rooms or hospitals or doctors, anybody that sees daily trauma, I think where we usually fall short is in assimilation. Right? Because you don't not see it, you don't not feel it, mm -hmm. but how do you assimilate it? How do you digest it, mm -hmm. literally digest it? Yeah. And it would be like if you ate food and didn't chew it. Mm. You just expect your stomach to do it. It doesn't work that way. And that yoga mat, 20 years ago when I found it, became my digestive process for the trauma. Mm. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I know it seems like they don't go together, but they really do. You almost need the yoga to yes. counteract the job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it brings you the balance. 
That just helps. right. And it reminds me to breathe. Yeah. You know, and that's like learning how to shoot was very yogic, like learning how to inhale, find my sights, find my front sight on my target, exhale, allow the trigger to slowly be pulled. Mm-hmm. It was totally yoga. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everything's focused around the breath. And yeah. if you can control your breathing, you can control so many other things that are <laughs> happening around you. hundred you know? <laughs> percent. Yeah. The emotional yeah. reaction. And honestly, when, when we started teaching yoga in the jails a couple of years ago, we would tell the inmates that it's not that you won't have a reaction. It's that you're aware of your reaction before it happens. It's not unconscious, mm. right? If somebody irritates you or, mm. you know, gets in your face, you're, you're able to process, take that moment to go, is it worth it? Mm. What is my reaction? Why do I feel this way before it comes flying out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. We talked recently, <laughs> we had a, an episode where we talked about responding versus reacting. Yes. And I was really tired that day. And I, I think for about 20 <laughs> minutes, I was like, wait, is it respond? Or react, react or respond. Like, which one is the quick one? It was just like, I could not remember. I knew one of them was the quick, the reaction reaction, is the quick response. Um, And then responding is where you really take the time to think it through, breathe, you know, know, let it digest, let it marinate for a minute or an hour or a day, whatever you need before Amanda's big on, before you send an email reply to somebody, you know, sit on it, sit on it. Me too. I've had to learn that. Get the emotions out, but don't hit send. Yes. So clear, you know, clear it out and then go back to it. I think think that's great advice. Is is this justified or am I just acting emotionally? And I'm not a very emotional person. So I'm like the logical one, but I've seen that like people are very quick to. Oh, we should be friends. I need logical friends. She's happy to be the voice of reason whenever (laughs) possible. She's, she's definitely a member of my council. Like if I need, if I'm like, Hey girl, I need to know, I need, I'm trying to check myself. Yeah, Give it to me straight. Am I being emotional here or am I being level headed? And, Quite often, most often, you're like, I think you're being very mm. level-headed about this thought, you know, thought process. And I'm like, all right, good. I, I can be a little direct, and sometimes I people love don't that appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned to appreciate but, that quality the older you get because it it doesn't waste time. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you get me. Yeah, we're, we, we're friends now. It's so efficient. It's yeah. official. Yeah. Yes, way to be official and efficient <laughs> and and all good. But it takes strength what you do because you. you run the risk of hurting somebody's feelings, yep. right? Them taking it personal yep. or all of these other things where you're like, no, if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes direct feedback, people don't get that. Right. I, and that's what I learned from Amy. Like mm-hmm. Amy was really good at giving us direct feedback to where I was like, oh, okay, people don't want to hurt my feelings. Nobody's told me this before. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling me. Like, it's yeah. like the booger in your nose. People tell, tell you me. what they think you want to hear. Right. Like they, they think, okay, instead of if you ask my opinion... I think for a lot of people, then they think, well, what does she want me to say? So I'm, I'm going to say this. That's right. I don't have that. that Filter? I don't. And it's I like, you it. ask me my opinion. I'm, this is how I feel about it. Doesn't mean you have to listen, but sometimes it catches people off. Most of the time, I think they appreciate it because everyone else is feeding into what, you know, what they think they want. And I think I'm, that's a powerful leader quality. I'm going to take yeah. it. See? I, I love it. Well, um, <clears throat> speaking of strengths, because I know that's one of the, the, our big theme of the day. Um, what if what if we all talk about strengths that we feel we have? Like, mm-hmm. what are what are some of your strengths, Sasha? Like, what as far as it could be physical, it could be inner strength, it could be emotional strength. I know you've already touched on on some, but 
What are, what do you think? Uh, I think probably my biggest strength is I'm very disciplined mm. in every uh, section of my life, which sometimes equates to the fact that I should have more fun. Be, like I just. <laughs> I know right? about that. <laughs> so it's, it's a strange balance. Mm -hmm. And it, for instance, like if we go out to dinner on a Friday night, like I'm very mindful that I can't have too much fun. I can't stay up too much late because I have to be at the gym at seven, which means I have to get up at 630 mm. and it's my routine. Yeah. And I'm out of sorts if my, if my routine is yeah. messed up. But at the same time, the discipline in the long run yeah. can equate to being very powerful. Yeah. But it's I have to be careful because it can be borderline OCD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But right? that's good, though. But discipline's really important. And that's a what about you? strength. I was talking with Amanda about this earlier before um, we started, and I said— Couple of strengths that I feel that are I have that I possess are I love building community mm. and I love helping other people find their strengths. So it's it really makes me feel good to, you know, um, build those kinds of relationships with people where they feel really open with me and I'm able to help them really look at themselves in a and with fresh eyes and from from their hearts. You know, I think a lot of people tend to be really hard on themselves and I like to counter counteract that. <laughs> Do you think some of the trauma you've been through in your life gave you that soft ability? Because you have like the softest heart. Aww, and you. I just, I, and I, I don't know if you remember me saying that to you in speech class one time that I could sense something about you, that sadness, maybe it was just that day, but I could feel there was something inside of you. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to hear your story, I was like, oh, okay. I understand. Yeah. I understand childhood trauma. Yeah, and and maybe so because I and, and a lot of people don't know uh, that about me. And we shared quite openly in in our class. And it was when I was a very young girl. My mom passed away very unexpectedly, and she died in her sleep. And um, it, it was, you know, just a really big thing in <laughs> my whole life. You know, mm -hmm. it was waking up one day and not having my mom there, and um, what what that did to our family. And, and thankfully I have a really close knit family. I have a, I call them my, my big fat Croatian family. <laughs> you know, right. I have a ton of people who stepped in and, and helped me, but, um, but yeah, I think that one of the reasons I'm as happy as I am today and, uh, joyful and loving and, and giving in my life is because I think early on in my life, um, there was a lot of hurt around me and a lot of people coming together to try to protect and love and, and give me a lot of things that I needed. And um, I'm really fortunate and thankful that I had all of that. And um, such a blessing. It is such a blessing. And I think as I've gotten older over the years, um, you know, I know that happiness is a choice and it's a mindset and it's a decision you can make. And, um, and I just, I want to live like fully. And I want to, I always feel like my mom didn't get her shot. She didn't get her chance to do the things she wanted to do. So it's like, I want to get it right, not only for me, but for her too. It's like, I, I honor her in the way that I, I live and love my life and appreciate it with so much gratitude because, um, I just want to make sure that I, I, I just really get that chance to fully enjoy it with, um, being as present as I can. You it's know? so huge. But you know. thanks. It's funny because when you told your story, you know, you were the age of my twins, essentially, mm -hmm. when it happened. And I was 
thinking like, you know, you can't help but feel viscerally mm-hmm. right. that loss. And it's funny because they're at about that age, you know, between like five and seven, they become aware of death. Yeah. They become aware of loss. Right. And so they're always asking me. And it's so funny because uh, it's not funny, but it's an interesting, interesting look at yeah. parenthood that two things happened this year. Uh, one, in kindergarten, they had a friend in kindergarten whose parents got divorced. And so it was very traumatic for all, because, you know, the poor yeah. kid came to school traumatized. Oh, I got to live with mom this week and dad next week. And mom and dad are fighting. And yeah. so the girls came home. Are you and dad getting divorced? I'm like, uh, do you know something I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then so right. they talk about it. Now all three of them, anytime that my husband and I have a conversation, they're like, are you fighting? Are you getting divorced? <laughs> oh, no, no. We're, we're not getting divorced, <laughs> you know? But it's like, they don't know. They don't have that that gauge no. that they don't understand. It's just, it's this thing that someone had happened at school. So and it's their trauma it, too. Like yeah. I think at that age, you're so open yeah. that you feel openly other people's traumas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, well, especially now, and it's, it's just, it's interesting listening to both of you talk about this because, you know, my aunt passed away of cancer when I was seven or eight mm-hmm. and our whole family split apart. Like wow. yours came together. Mine didn't know how to handle it. Why? Was she and the glue of your family? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, there's a very much a closeness. My my mom and her were very close. And it, I mean, it was so much that that's why we're in Las Vegas is because Pikes Peak, the mountain that was in our backyard in Colorado, you know, my the aunt who passed away would say every morning, good morning, Pikes Peak. There were just so many reminders that my mom and her other sister, like they couldn't be there every day. Too and painful. I think a lot of my independence kind of stemmed from that. And that, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've always, I think I probably would have been pretty much on my own anyway, but it was, you know, they were dealing with something much bigger than my seven or eight year old yes. brain could really even comprehend. You know, we, I understood that, you know, she was gone and all of that, but it, it didn't, again, maybe the lack of emotions in me, it was more logical and going forward and they kind of had to deal with the emotions and I just had to take care of me. Um, but it's it's just interesting how similar, yes. you know. And like when my parents got divorced, it didn't. I don't recall it affecting me at all. How old were you? Um, seven, I think. Wow. I mean, all of this happened very quickly, and then my grandma's husband passed away like right after that. So it was a lot of stuff. And I think my, maybe I've blocked a little bit of it right. out. But it's you know I remember the conversation, you know, that my brother and I getting sat down, and my parents were were getting divorced, and it's like oh okay, can we go back to doing what we were going to do? And it just really was never a big deal. But some people, you know, that is a defining moment in their lives. Yes. So it's so much about who we are, just you know, how we're all wired. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we all receive and, and deal with things in such different ways. But that is interesting. But I mean, it goes along with how you're wired. I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you are just, you're su- super logical. And I can see where you were like, okay, yeah. I got it. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean, again, that we talked in, in one of our last episodes about that, that's often perceived as I don't care, or, you know, I'm just maybe a little cold or distant, but it's just me. I process things. I'm very much like there's a little robot in the back of my head. that's computing things. Yeah. And that's just how, you know, I, I, 
deal by moving on. It's it's kind of, okay, this thing happened. I, all I can do is move forward. You would seriously be such a good police officer. You have all Thanks. of the makings. <laughs> She's logical. All she right. can process, assimilate. She tells people directly. Seriously. <laughs> we're, by the way, we're hiring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I could handle all the, the gear. I've seen my, my friend who's a cop. Like Every time if I meet him on his lunch break, it's there's so much stuff. And I, I've got bad shoulders anyway. It's weird, but you kind of get used to it. Okay. Well, and and we'll think see. about it like this. It's kind of like a 10-hour workout. Like you're right. carrying right. this up around for 10 hours. So, Yeah, but then you have to deal with all that darkness. Uh, and that, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually curious because obviously people watch a lot of TV and it, there's cops are portrayed in a certain way, whether it's, you know, fiction or, you know, news or whatever mm-hmm. else. Like how do you deal with the misconceptions that people have about police officers, and maybe especially as a, a female police officer, I, I don't know. I don't really know what you have to deal with, but is there, how do you handle all of that? <laughs> That's probably a bigger question than you can even imagine because, well, two things. Number one is I'm so proud of this police department, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, because we've been very forward thinking in a lot of categories. And a little over a decade ago, they started a program um, on the west side called Safe Village. And Safe Village was in a uh, lower economically situated uh, environment with a lot of government subsidized housing. And what we realized was we can't do it alone Mm -hmm. and we can't arrest our way out of problems. So we needed to go into a community that felt disconnected, divergent, alone, isolated from the police. Because when you have that, it creates hatred. Mm -hmm. Right. And and oftentimes hatred can turn into radicalization of hatred, you know, not just religious radicalization, any kind of anti-government, anti-establishment. So these officers and the uh, the captain at the time that started it over in uh, Bolden Area Command was so smart in understanding that if we got the pastors and the religious leaders in these neighborhoods to partner with us, the community would start to see us different. And if we showed up in their space and went to their events, right, we call it outreach, then they would start to see us in a different light. Because if the only time they see us is when we're putting handcuffs on their mother, father, brother, sister, then of course we're the bad guy. I would see us that way too. Sure. Right? And in some places, the ratio of people being arrested is higher than others. And so, of course, they had a negative perception. So that was our start in community, what we call community policing. And then that has grown and grown and grown. And when we had Ferguson happen in our country, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm really proud to say that we didn't see that here. Right. And we didn't see it here because we had put all the work in ahead of time of earning their trust and going, listen, hold on. We're not perfect. We don't have it all figured out. And as a matter of fact, it was around that time that we brought in the Department of Justice and said, hey, listen, instead of that running the risk of going under a consent decree, which was happening around the country because of officer-involved shootings and use Mm -hmm. of forces. We want you to come in and put us through the reform process. And they did, and we had 73 um, reforms that we have gone through. We've put our officers through bias-based police training. How do you recognize your biases? How do Mm. you... And then we built a full uh, unit that deals with nothing but outreach in communities that feel alone or isolated, you know, the Muslim community, the Jewish community, the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, Melissa got to meet one of the heads of the LGBT community, the trans community specifically, when she was at my office the other day, because if we don't teach our cops 
who these people are, our first responders, who these people are, and what they need or want or how they feel, then we'll always show up and feel awkward, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's, sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes you just, you fear or you don't know how to interact with what you don't understand. Right. So this is my long-winded answer telling you that how we deal with what the the negativity is, we've really been proactive in addressing it on a grassroots level. But we've also, we have an incredible uh, social media program that runs throughout the agency. And it's a small piece, but every day our PI, our public information office is pushing out positive stories, Mm -hmm. catching us doing something right. 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 Well, you we, get me goosebumps just talking about this. I stuff. know. Yeah, it's, no, it's so great. And you know, Nina Radatich that works mm-hmm. with uh, Make-A-Wish, she, and I love her because um, when I went through the police academy 20 years ago, she went through the police academy right after me. And at the time, she was uh, one of the leading reporters here in Las Vegas. And three weeks into the academy, she, it, her and I had a conversation about it. She said it changed the way I look at policing. Yeah. Like she understood. Mm-hmm. And so little things like that have really shifted the dynamics for us locally. Right. Right. It's not like that in every city. Mm-hmm. So I have to just take a moment and be grateful for what we have here well, and for the great community we have. We do have a really great and community. You were saying here. that is one of your pillars of strength is community. Yeah. That's a, a perfect example of how. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just, man, I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. Well, you happen to hit one of my soft spots. Oh, no, right? it's, it's a beautiful thing. One of the things, too, that I wanted to ask you, Amanda oh. McEwen, was what do you feel are some of your strengths? I thought I was going to get out of that one. No, I didn't <laughs> I forget. I distracted enough. I did not no, forget. Um, it, it is my independence. It's, you know, yeah. the, that and determination mm. because I will find a way. Whatever it is that I want to accomplish, I'll find a way. And it's, you know, I've been like that my entire life. It's, I have always felt, you know, what I like, I, I don't know, I, I deserve the things that I want. And I know that I have to do a lot of hard work to That's get right. there, but I'm willing to put in the work. Like it's an investment in myself. I owe, I owe it to me. And that's the, that big strength in being the introvert and being the loner and spending a lot of time alone. You get to know really well who I am, what's going to make me happy, you know, the things, the goals and what's going to support who I am. And I see a lot of people, that's what they struggle with. They look to other people to provide them with the things they need. And I don't, I personally don't think that's possible. I don't think anybody else can make you complete or happy or any of those things, because that all comes from within. Now, not to say that, you know, like Melissa has her husband of 20 years, not to say he's not a a perfect counterpart and makes your life better, but you're responsible for your own happiness and your own feelings. It it is up to to the individual to to find their, um, you know, their their purpose, their strength, their um, who they are and embrace all that you, in your happiness. You can't mm-hmm. expect someone else to provide that to you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, so I feel very fortunate that I have a good partner in my life, but, um, but it's up to me, you know, it's mm-hmm. up to you. It's up to all of us yes. to, to yeah. find our own self. Cause that's a big weight to put on somebody to say, Hey, you're in charge of my happiness. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think that's why a lot of relationships don't work I out so because too. there's unnecessary expectation, unrealistic expectation that, you know, this piece of me is missing or it's broken or whatever it is. I need somebody else to heal it. It's like only, only you can do that. And sometimes, you know, for people to 
spend time alone. Like it's re- there, you know, there's people who won't go out to eat by themselves or won't go see a movie. And, you know, like I, I jumped in and went to Europe for three weeks by myself in a bunch of countries. I didn't speak the language. And part of that was if I sit around and wait for somebody to be able to do this with, you know, most of my friends don't have the money or the time or the desire to travel. So I could sit around and wait. Or if this is something I want to do, I'm just going to go do it. And, you know, that I, th- I mean, I thought it was great, like traveling by myself. I love so, traveling alone. Because you don't, you get to do whatever you want. That's right. Eat whatever you want. You know, if, if you're on some kind of plan and you see this other thing that you want to do, you don't have to ask somebody else if it's okay. And I, like, I, I loved it. There was a, one day just in Barcelona, I just hopped on one of those bus tours and I got to pick when I jumped on and off and oh, it was great. That's my city. In Barcelona? Yeah, I want to yeah. retire there and teach oh, yoga on the beach. Oh. I think that's a great plan. That's my plan. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Barcelona for the first time. Do you uh, need help carrying <laughs> right, would, you like, would you girls like to come along and show me which bus to hop on? Yes. And, you know, is it, we're, we're is going for a big our, anniversary trip. It's our though, 20th, like, 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, so we're starting. Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to start in Barcelona and we're going on a 13-day Mediterranean cruise. It's so, Do you end up in Istanbul? We end up in Venice, I think. In Venice. Yeah. Nice. And then we're going oh, we're gonna to hop across the water and go to Croatia and visit my family. So uh, I still have family over there. Hey, I have a really good connection there. My girlfriend runs a wine tour in Croatia. So <laughs> All right. All right. We'll you just check get on a out. boat and drink wine oh. for two days. I can, <laughs> me, I'll have two sips and be like, I, everyone uses me. I'm such a lightweight. It's like I, I drink like one glass of wine. I'm like, Whoopee! So just I won't. I'll be a cheap date. <laughs> but the, the, the food in Italy too. Mm. I, I, I think ready. I eat gelato like every meal. Sometimes twice. So you did the eat, love, pray run. Kind of without yeah. without the the yeah. praying or the loving. I pretty much Perfect. just did the eat part. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that's the best way I'm to go on vacation. I want to eat some gnocchi. And mm. some, I'm going to get my pasta in oh, yeah. my, so right now I'm doing this low carb situation. <laughs> oh, it's so brutal. <laughs> it's so, it's oh. so brutal. Speaking of, I wanted to say one thing I've really noticed about myself and you girls chime in on your opinion on this is when I am feeling very physically strong, I feel so much more um, mentally mm-hmm. strong yes. and acute and it's, 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 they're synonymous. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm really feeling strong here, then I want to take better care of my body. It's just this whole full circle thing. Or if I start physically just working out more, um, being more disciplined, you know, with what I'm eating and what I'm doing, I just, I feel so much more, you know, clear and, um, you know, more confident in my decision-making and feel like I can get so much more done. And anyway, it's just a little observation. No, I think you're, I mean, you hit the endorphin nail on the head, right? Yeah, right there. It's, <laughs> there it's, it was. That, it's that cycle of, and I think it's empowering, it right? Is. You feel strong, you get your workout in. And, and we were talking before we started about hot yoga because <clears throat> as much as... <laughs> oh, I, I probably yoga. made a face just then. Yeah. Hot yoga is not, not for me. But, well, it's yeah, a strange but, thing because you kind of feel wrung out a little bit. So I, yeah. I feel a little bit like I, it's almost like um, Catholic confession yeah. for my body. Like I confess <gasps> and leave everything on the yoga mat. You get everything <laughs> dirty out. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. When yeah. I first started teaching yoga, like 20 years ago, I used to teach a class called detox to retox. Yeah. And it was a Saturday mid-afternoon class. 
and we used to just get sweaty for two hours. And then people would be like, all right, let's go to happy hour. And it's really not very yogic, <laughs> but <laughs> it just kind of turned into that. But you earn it. You work out and then you earn the fun. Right. Yeah, that's good. It's funny because I, you know, I, I do Pilates for pain management. And it's, you know, it's part of my routine that I, I physically need it you know, to keep my pain in order. But it, thanks to that, I do have a very strong core. Do you cuss at that reformer ever? I don't. That reformer is intense. It is. And it's, you know, after years of searching, it's the one exercise I found that with all my injuries that I can do it. But, you know, I started going to this different place and working with different instructors and they're much more physically intense than where I used to go. It's raised that, the bar. But it is, it's, it, it is the mental strength. And, you know, because I, I feel the difference in changing up these classes, you know, and when I, when I feel that, that physical strength, or even if it's my shoulders aren't cooperating or my knees are not happy today, I always show up and I do what I can. And, uh, you know, I, if, if I feel headachey, I go and people are always like, oh, well, you should just stay home. I'm like, no, because a lot of times that pushes through the headache. That's right. If I'm stressed because I've got a lot of work going on, I will stop and go to a class. And where I think the traditional thinking is like, but, but how do you have time to stop and do that? Because when I come back, the mental clarity, like it, it, it's a re- reinvigorating. It's invigorating. It's like a it's, reboot. It is. For and your brain and your body. And that's why, like, I'm so regimented about it. And like my clients know, my office hours, my general hours usually end at four o'clock during the week because I go to a 4.30 Pilates class on Tuesday and Thursday. Fridays, I just go in the middle of the day at noon so I can come here and record afterwards. But yeah. that routine, even though it's for physical strength, it really helps with the mental part of it too. Like it's, because it is, A, it's, it's one hour that is just for me. I'm not thinking about clients or family or anything else that's going on. And it, I, I do, like, I feel good. It's an accomplishment. Yes. Because, you know, my whole life of dealing with all these injuries and can't do this and can't do that. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in can't at all. <laughs> so it's like, I will show you. And that's what I do. So even if it's, you know, this little tiny accomplishment for me, it's, I always feel better when I leave than when I got there, even if I, you know, headachey or whatever it is, I always feel better. Yeah. And did you hear what she said, her opening line? She said, I always show up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's how you live your life though. I mean, I think that's truly exemplary of what, how you live. It sounds like you show up for yourself. I do. And according to Melissa, it sounds like you show up for your friends when they need Mm -hmm. you. And what a great, Characteristic. Yeah, she's very it's strong. Really, that's Those are very some great strengths. I like my new friend here. She yeah. Oh, good. Sasha's the best. <laughs> I mean, she's, obviously, I said you can't make me feel a certain way, but I no. do feel very good sitting next to no. you. No, strong women. I mean, it's we yeah. have to we have to be in this together because there's enough mm. people against us. Yeah. Yes. Right in the world that yeah. we gotta find yes. the glue where we can. Yeah, find the glue where we can, and we just uh, r- lift each other up. Mm-hmm. You know, is the, is that an issue? In your line of work, the because <laughs> we'll I know that. that men, not all men, it's it's very you know sometimes there yeah. is an intimidation factor when there's a, a woman in power. Sometimes I mean there it could be a, for a variety of reasons, but I have to imagine female police captain comes with a certain heaviness, or some, I, I don't even know the right word for what that is, but. Such an interesting balance because, well, on the intimidation side, you know, I'm lucky that I have a husband that is not intimidated, that is incredibly supportive. You know, he was 
uh, in special forces in the Navy, and then he did naval intelligence for a long time, and he is an entrepreneur and runs his own business, and so he really understands the grind, mm -hmm. and but he also understands the the paramilitary, macho, male-dominated environment. Sure. So that helps because I've never, he's always been very supportive of, you know, being surrounded by men where it, that could be, I, I can imagine, intimidating mm -hmm. to a, another man that doesn't work there. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is, you know, I think it's 20 years into this career, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've been through a lot of trials and tribulations and failed epically at many of them, had lots of, you know, incidents and different things where... I hope by this point in my career, I've proved myself, right, right tactically, you know, leadership-wise. But every day, you know, you're only as good as what you did a few minutes ago. So mm -hmm. I, I'm blessed in this moment, in this space in my career, I'm blessed to have a leadership team around me that is pro-women, supportive. Mm -hmm. They don't, and I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like they don't look at me any different. Oh, that's the best way. But I don't know yeah. if that's true. It's just that's how it feels. Yep. So... I, I don't, and honestly, a lot of times I forget that I show up in this shell. You right. know, when oh. we do wear wool and polyester every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it does take away a little bit of the, a lot of the femininity. You're, you're yeah. not like on the TV shows when they're, you know, in the fitted things and running in yes. heels, chasing after the bad guy. We right. are not that cool. You're not wearing a tank top even and in heels. Vegas. No. Like, even in no. Vegas, you're no. wearing the <laughs> standard <laughs> uniform. Yes. And even if I do wear a suit to work for some reason, you know, I wear a button-up shirt mm -hmm, with, sure. you know, a camisole underneath. I'm very conservative mm -hmm. about it because I'm and, – and it's 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 a bi-directional thing, right? I don't want to make someone else feel awkward. Yeah. Right. And I have a position of respect that I need to show up. And I'm trying okay. to teach the girls coming – the women coming up, you know, now through the ranks. I'm trying to be a good example for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we're judged – as cops, we judge people instantly the second we see you. Mm -hmm. We look you from head to toe and we're making decisions about you. Can I outrun you? Can I fight you? And if I can, can I win? Are you smart? Are you a felon? Are you good, bad? You know, what? Yeah. we're sizing you up. Yeah. And not just to the people we interact with, to each other, mm -hmm. right? So the second we're with someone else, we're like, you know, it, almost unconsciously. Right. It's just what we do. Yeah. So how do we, you know, I think we have to take a step back and we have to remember we're all in it together. There's yeah. enough people out there against the police right. that we have to remember that and connect with one another, which yeah. is not always the easiest. But I feel like we have a very good community within our organization. Yeah. And one of the things I love everything you're you're saying, and um, I was just thinking you triggered a couple of thoughts as you were talking about, you know, to remember that officers are fathers, yes, you know, mothers, yes. brothers. And I was really um, touched that you invited me to come and speak mm. to, you know, it's your, it's your meeting the other day, leadership meeting yes. and um, share, you know, from my point of view, you know, interactions I've had with officers and there have been times that they've been, you know, so serious and, you know, I'm, the way I, I had felt, you know, other times I've been pulled over in Pinky the Love Bug. She goes fast, you know. He <laughs> loves that story, by the way. <laughs> she says, she tells my guys, I drive a pink beetle with eyelashes. And they're like all confused. Wait, the beetle has eyelashes? Yeah, or she has eyelashes. <laughs> and I was talking about how I was pulled over and how the, the second the officer approached my vehicle, my voice went up really high. <laughs> I was like, hello. And I, I was like, and I was talking about vocal tells and mm. about how when you 
you feel, uh, you know, unsure or vulnerable or exposed, really, yes. you know, your voice will, woo, it'll, it'll, it'll pitch up. And I, and I, as I was doing it, I was like, Melissa Moats, you sound so guilty. You know, you were speeding, you know, and fortunately this officer that I was interacting with was just an absolute love. I mean, he was so down to earth and, you know, and, and before I drove away at the end of our, our exchange, He's like, what did we learn today? And I said, we learned that Pinky is not only a very cute little car, but she goes very fast. And I said, and she'll slow down. You know, I'm it, so it, happy to hear a positive story. Like those mm-hmm. always, because the only yes. stories I ever hear at cocktail parties or at the gym is, oh my gosh, I got pulled over as person. Horror stories yeah. or, or or people, you know, just, I, I think sometimes too, they, they just over, um, word I'm looking for. Just exaggerate in in good and bad ways, you know, but they play the victim right there. It's like you broke the rules. Like you were in the wrong. It's not the cop's fault. (laughs) You're trying to protect the rest of us. Now, again, because I'm very boring, like I don't get speed. I've gotten one speeding ticket my entire life and it was between Vegas and California and that stretch that like there's nothing, right? But there, there was somebody waiting. But that was my fault. Like you know, I was like my early twenty. I don't know if I was twenty yet, but that's the only time I ever got a ticket. But you know, the people that get angry that they got the ticket, it's like, but you got the ticket because you broke the rules. Like it's yeah. not. There you go, adding common sense to it again. I, yeah, I can't, she's I really can't good help like it. that. It's, she's it's, so good <laughs> like that. <laughs> but can you imagine being a police officer and pulling over the blonde bombshell? I mean, you walk up to Pinky. Oh, gosh. Oh, you're calling me a Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, sp- wow. Seriously. Yeah. We thank do not you. pull over people that look like you very often. Wow. Well, I you thank you. Bombshell. Man, I've that's See, never been called that before. Really? I really am thankful. Oh, my goodness. And hold on. Let me just take it. Let me <laughs> receive it. Thank you. Seriously. <laughs> Sasha is very Seriously. good for the Sasha's ego amazing. building for the no, rest of I might be slightly smitten on blondes. Wow. Um, true story. Well, that's, thank you. I appreciate it. And it's love. okay. My husband knows. Well, that's <laughs> it's fine. Hey. It's he a- knows that the reason I'm a police officer today was the blonde bombshell uh, Larry Wilcox in Chips. Yes. Back in the 70s. <laughs> yes. And everybody's like, oh, you liked Poncherello. I'm like, no, I'm from Albuquerque. Everybody looked like that. Yeah. John Baker, though, we didn't have boys like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you what what drew you to becoming, you know, oh, a chips, police officer. all the way. All the way, baby. And chips. everybody, listen, can you hear that theme song in your head right now? Yes. Right? Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Yes, and, I you, and I feel sad because this generation, like the new cops that come into my briefing room, I'll go to make a funny joke about chips or something, and they're like, who? You're going to oh, eat a chip? So I'm like, sad. Never, wait, wait, never mind. A lot of our references on the podcast are 80s and 90s references. Yes. We get that, but a lot right. of the, the younger ones, they don't. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, you want to hear something? You want to hear what dates me? The other day I was talking about use of force issues in a brief room, and I was talking about O.J. Simpson, the great chase, you know? Oh, yeah. Did, yeah. I don't know if you saw on the news oh, this chase yeah. in California oh. recently with the RV with the dogs oh. in it. Did you see no. this? Oh, this woman stole an RV and <laughs> crushed it. You, you have to Google it. And she had two <laughs> dogs in it, and she crushed the whole front of it, ripped off the side panels. The dogs jumped out at like 60 miles an hour. Oh. It's crazy. And so I was talking to them in the brief room about safe driving. We were talking about O.J. And one of the kids was like, what happened to O.J.? No, no. Oh, no. I I mean, albeit it was 6.30 in the morning because they should brief it. It was like, 
Oh my goodness. I said, get with your FTO, your field training officer, and have him explain the OJ Simpson saga because you I just need to, you need to understand the reference. But what year was OJ? Let's What let's, was that? 90, was it in the nineties? It was late nineties. But I would feel like early mid nineties, I think. Was it? But there was just an FX show that like Brian Murphy produced, I think, that I thought would have made it more current because yeah. they, they brought it back. So let's just say conservatively twenty oh, years ago. Ninety five. Okay. okay, so more than twenty so just think about it, these kids are twenty one. So it happened before they were, and so they have no no concept. I don't really know the, how, I, I don't like the way that makes me feel. I, trust me, I felt old instantly in that moment. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to sit down now. Oh, man. I have to come up with more current references. Yeah, yeah I'm, we, we're working on our references, but we don't, you know, we just, we like our references from the 80s hey, and 90s. Right, that's the time good. that shaped us. New Kids so. on the Block is coming in concert this weekend. Oh, I have yeah. a friend that's going. She actually told me, she sent me a uh, text message, and she's like, I, I didn't, I'm sparing you for, because she makes me go to a lot of concerts and usually I want to go. She's like, I spared you from this one. And then she told me the whole lineup. Like Salt and Pepper. Yeah. And, yes. and I think it's you know, Debbie Gibson or, or oh, one of is those. Is Debbie Gibson going to be there? Oh, sorry, Deborah Gibson now. Deborah. Oh. I need to find out about Debbie. Where is this concert happening? But, why? Down on this trip somewhere, but it's yeah. um, it's really our youth encapsulated in one show. I need to go to this. <laughs> I just saw about a year ago. I saw Rick Astley in concert. <laughs> no. He was my major crush when I was in like seventh grade, and uh, he played at the Pearl at the Palms, and I had never been happier. I mean, I, it was the first <laughs> concert that I ever went to as a kid, and um, now I'm like, all I keep hearing in my head is. Um, Whoa. Yes. Oh. Hanging tough. <laughs> yes. When you but said maybe this new is kids. our strength. Maybe this is our strength in that owning. Yes. We're in this space in our life yes. with all this musical wisdom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Musical wisdom. Musical I'm wisdom. All about that. And uh, we we are now able to share all of this wisdom. Maybe that's our strength. Speaking of sharing wisdom, I do want to ask you a really important question. All right, I'm ready. How do you feel about garden gnomes? Oh, well, <laughs> I've had some bizarre occurrences with them at work lately. Oh, really? And we thought this was really? going to be a random question. No, but you, oh, I thought you did. I tell the story no. in class. Oh. Do you like how we both just sit oh, up, sat up? And you like really don't. I didn't no. tell the story. Oh my goodness! Oh. This is a, I honest to God, true story. So a couple days ago at work, well, now a couple weeks ago. Uh, an off-duty police officer, he, he lives uh, in this neighborhood in Northwest. He came out because he is on a, in a unit that works on calls. You know, he gets, I was going to say paged. That really dates me. They get called to come out. <laughs> his, beeper. his beeper. They used to carry them. But he got called to go to work, and he walked out into his front yard, and it was very early in the morning, like 5 in the morning. And this homeless woman, he has two garden gnomes in his front yard. And this homeless woman was making out with the garden gnome. <laughs> Like <laughs> holding the garden gnome, kissing it, rubbing it. And he was like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> what what are you doing? And she just kind of looked at him and she continued to embrace his gnome. <laughs> and, and he told his wife, he said, listen, I'm getting ready to be called out. Can you please call 311 and have somebody come address this? Because they don't want us getting involved off duty. And he was getting called out to a very dynamic situation. And so some <laughs> of my <dynamic>. guys... <laughs> Well, he was going on a barricade, and oh, so okay. some of my guys came oh. that were working patrol, and they were like, yeah, she was um, suffering from some mental illness, yeah. and so they ended up taking her to a facility and getting her help, but that's my garden gnome story. <laughs> well, I, I had do. no idea that you had a garden gnome uh, story. I have one other really fun question. Okay. 
All right, here it comes. You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? So it's funny because elephants are my all-time favorite animal. And remind me to show you, I have a beautiful elephant tattoo. So I've been to India four times. And in India, they adorn them with yes. flowers and paint. And they are, right, representative of Ganesh. Ganesh yeah. And so Ganesh is very special to me. Oh. Yes. And um, I would keep him. I would find a way to give him exactly what he needs. I would build a habitat-like space for him and adorn him like the incredibly wise soul. Because guaranteed, he's reincarnated from some wise soul. Guaranteed. Yeah. And I saw them in Africa. We were in Africa last year teaching community policing in Botswana. And we did a, sabbat, a what do you call them? A wild, we went out and did the wildlife. Like a safari. Safari, thank you. Yeah. I was thinking sabbatical. But we did the safari and these elephants, they just, they're, they're mesmerizing. Yeah. They're mesmerizing. And they are the only animal that cannot jump. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> that might be it a good thing. It was a weird random fact I found <laughs> the other day. I was sending out a really fun e-blast to our students. And I was like, fact, fact, all about voiceover. And I was like, fact, elephants are the only animal which cannot jump. And I was That like, is a phenomenal fact. I'm going to add that so, to my repertoire. It's good for you to know. <laughs> Thank and, you. And I'm really pleased that you were able to just like whip I, out a garden gnome story and an amazing answer about the elephant. And she wasn't even caught off guard by no. it. You know, that was kind it of It seemed the, like a natural right. question. Well, I think that comes from parenthood oh. because they asked me <laughs> unbelievable questions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from having, you know, these police officers that they will call and ask you things that you couldn't believe once you get in a position of leadership. Yep. So you have to be ready because all of a sudden you become like the Oracle when really the day before you were no different than them. And then you take a test and you get promoted and you're still the same person, mm -hmm. but they think that you have magically been infused with all this wisdom. <laughs> oh. oh, I wish we could talk to you for hours, but oh. we're, we're getting a sign that our, our time has come to an end and that kind of right. makes me sad. I'm so grateful that I got to spend some time with you. Oh, Amazing. Female goddesses, warriors. Oh, yeah, you you're going to have to come back every week. I think this, you're Captain. just our third host now. And or we could just take out and, you know, go have delectable treats, Del tea parties. or We like, we like all of those things. Yeah. And yes. since we all work out, you know, we can just, we'll do it. What was it? Uh, retox, detox? Retox, or, detox or retox. Yeah, detox yes. to retox. We can do that. Yes. And um, I just want to say that it has been an absolute pleasure having you on our show. Mm -hmm. And Captain. And, uh, just Sasha. I love it, Captain <laughs> Sasha, our friend and a really big inspiration for to our whole community. So thank, thank you. you. I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this. <laughs>